Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jess. I'm Mikey. Got it. We got that part through. Uh, we are on episode 28 overall, season 2, episode 21. Um, the penultimate episode of... I'm going to sneeze in a second. Hold on. Is that coming? didn't happen oh i'm so sorry it makes right great the anticipation though <laughs> it's, this, it's, that's, it's just great it's radio right should i just start again i don't know i thought it was funny okay <laughs> okay anyway um so we are yes. written by barry pullman we are direct episode is that what you're about to say were you going into anything more with that or nope just that's changing gears now yep i'm just doing some some housekeeping work. It aired June 10th, 1991. Written by Barry Pullman. Um, directed by Tim Hunter. And that's it. In terms of that. Yeah. I mean, and those are the the people who got credited. This particular episode feels very heavily influenced by David Lynch. There's a lot of... Um, just references to things within the script or visually that just feel very David Lynch. There's a lot of like reference to meditation instead of sleep. There's the Judy Garland Wizard of Oz reference mm-hmm. that Lynch is a huge Wizard of Oz fan or like all the strobe light effect stuff at the end. Like all that stuff just feels very David Lynch influenced even though he's not credited in any way outside sure. of his normal created by sure. and, you know is he still he's still ep right so he still has his hands on the yeah and he's definitely more involved in these last few episodes mm. and you can tell yeah um but he doesn't really like dive in and take full control until the next episode mm-hmm um, so we're going to start with uh, the Log Lady intro, which if you're streaming on Netflix or whatever, you wouldn't have uh, had. Um, and so we have, this one is a little different. Normally we just have the Log Lady sitting, holding her log the way yeah, she normally camera does. There's camera movement. She shows that her log's butt. Um <laughs> And uh, a log is a, okay, quote, a log is a portion of a tree. At the end of a crosscut log, many of you know this, there are rings. Each ring represents one year in the life of the tree. How long it takes to grow a tree. I don't mind telling you some things. Many things I, I mustn't say. Just notice that my fireplace is boarded up. There will never be a fire there. On the mantelpiece, in that jar, are some of the ashes of my husband. My log hears things I cannot hear, but my log tells me about the sounds, about the new words. Even though it has stopped growing larger, my log is aware. I like this one. I mean, it gives you insight into who she is, what her character arc is, what's the deal with the log. Like, it it doesn't just... It doesn't Do you think it see- tells you what the deal with the log is? A little bit, in that it's aware, it's fire is what's connecting it to her husband and uh, like her husband was is now ash because he was burned mm-hmm. this the fire but she won't create a new fire like there's all these it's all interconnected in this way yeah. and it's it's just odd that they waited till the you know second to last episode to 
give us that. Yeah. And I mean, they gave it gave us this years after the show. Sure. Initially aired or whatever, but I'm surprised that it seems like that would have been something they would have done much earlier. Because um, it's great insight, I think, into her character. Right. But and, it also che- it, it diverts from what you talked about it being this, you know, omniscient narrator and mm-hmm. such, and more of putting her back into the story, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting that I'm kind of re-remembering that this was all written relatively long after yeah, the years. original series. Yeah. So Lynch had the benefit of hindsight and understood how a lot of the show was... Um, Perceived. was perceived yeah by by the audience so it it almost makes it more frustrating of like what are you trying to tell me lynch like what are you trying to say bud um i have one issue that she says on the mantle place in that jar are some ashes of my husband and like when i think of a jar i think of like a bell jar or like a mayonnaise jar ball jar ball jar a ball jar God, you went to Ball State. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the bell jar is a thing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Is it a different thing or just another name for Yeah, it's a, a, a Sylvia Plath book. Okay. God, I hope that's right. Oh, well. If least... you can just over edit later, yeah. it'll be like. <laughs> like it was Emily it, Dickinson. Yeah, whoever it is over the top. Um, no, the bell jar is Sylvia, Sylvia Plath. Um, anyway. What she gestures to on her man- mantle, I would argue, looks more like a it's an like urn, an urn yeah, or even it kind of looks like a trophy. Like it has mm-hmm. just a, it's bronzy or goldish. I know it's just not a jar. Like I feel like a jar describes a very specific thing. Like a jar, like I didn't have any beef with it. <sighs> words matter. They also said verdant twice in this, which really, really? threw me off. I didn't notice it either time in mm-hmm. this. In this episode. Episode, okay. Yeah, which I don't... I have to think that was on purpose because verdant is like your back pocket word of like... I don't even think I know that word. It just means uh, green and lush. Like uh, a verdant valley, like you would describe uh, okay. nature as verdant. Um, anyway, okay. So we start in um, Wyndham Earl. So Wyndham Earl has both Leo and Major Briggs... Locked up in his little cabin. Um, Leo is... Briggs is just in a chair, I think. Right? No, they're both sitting on the floor. Oh, they're both in the ground. I just looked up and Leo was like dangling from the top of a fireplace or something. It just seemed like he was dangling from... Like he was locked to the ceiling almost. Oh. I might be misremembering. I I think... I, I don't... I don't recall. I know... Leo is chain on a long chain. Oh. I don't. Uh, Major Briggs might not be chained the same way. Gotcha. You know what I mean. So Leo has the freedom of motion to mm-hmm. reach for that desk that's nearby. Which I have to say, like, is terrible when, planning on Wyndham Earl. Yeah, Wyndham Earl, you gave your prisoner like two square feet to move around in. And put the key also yeah. in those like two not in square your own feet. Pocket like keep it in your I, pocket, dude. It's it's almost like you wonder if, like, especially for someone who's as smart as Wyndham Earl. Right. Exactly. Like, is was this intentional? Was he testing to see uh, no, Leo's cognitive intent- abilities? Or I don't think it was intentional because I feel like 
having Briggs was more important than testing Leo. Who gives a fuck about Leo? Speaking of which, he Leo finds a key. He releases Briggs' restraints and asks him to save Shelley, which... LOL, I remember earlier in this series when you were beating the shit out of your yeah, wife. Yeah, legitimately so like, trying to kill her with an axe. So I'm yeah. not going to say this is a real face turn for Leo. I think it's more just like... Are they trying to redeem his character? I think they are, and I think... If Does not deserve it? A, he doesn't deserve it. B, way too little, way too late. Yeah. C... I'd, I'd rather just see in this scene... Major Briggs use his military training and do something resourceful to get himself out. Major Briggs. But if he does that, he wouldn't have let Leo go. Or he would have found a way to get Leo out too. But they're both drugged up and whatever. But Yeah, I'm actually realizing that like the fact that Major Briggs is an army man, an army man. And all we all that really gives us is he has information about um, Project Blue Book and stuff like that. He always wears his fancy uniform, but he doesn't seem to necessarily have like survival skills or anything. Like he doesn't he doesn't appear very resourceful when he's like in these weird pla- I guess he's drugged up and that's fine, but it's like yeah. it's just odd that we're like he loves the woods and yeah. he's a military guy and we don't see either of those. And every time traits. he goes to the woods something real bad. Something happens. like he just gets like yeah. beat up. Um, anyway, Earl uh, later comes home, finds that Briggs is gone. He holds up a bag to Leo saying that he has a new game for him, which I was like, ooh, is he going to smell the bag and have to go track something? Because I would watch Leo track something through the woods. <laughs> um, okay, so we're at... But the, you, so you are bypassing this. Like You commented on this. What's your thought about what Wyndham Earl looks like in this scene? Oh yeah, they didn't. I thought they'd bring that up. Yeah, he he's looks super pale. He's got the yellowy eyes and bananas the black teeth. crazy face. Yeah. He is wearing. It looks like he's wearing like like a white powder over mm-hmm. his face. So it's not painted, but it's dusty looking. I didn't notice his yellow, like jaundicey eyes. It's like the eyelids. It's just like oh, the, yes, the yes, sockets yes, are yes, yes. very yellowy. Um, and then yeah, he opens his mouth and. Were they, like, sharp teeth? Were they, like, chomper teeth? I think it's just all black, all black. So you're only seeing portions of the teeth. Yeah, I maybe the way it shined, it looked like it was pointy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot believe a, that I forgot that yeah. and that they didn't bring it up. Do you know why he looks I like that? have a thought. I think it's as you get... So you remember earlier um, when... Laura goes to visit Harold Smith and she has that Laura goes to visit yeah. him or Donna Laura there's a there's a shot of Laura going like uh, like in her face looks the same way it's all pale and she like screams it's like in a flat like oh maybe that's in maybe that's in Firewalk with me that sounds familiar but I don't remember seeing I honestly that don't recently. remember when it takes place it must be in Firewalk with me anyway that has a, that same look with the black and teeth, but like you'll you'll see it again in the next episode. I I have my thought is that's the way when you're close to the Black Lodge, when you're kind of like almost in a tractor beam, mm-hmm. like when you're getting close, and and Wonder Merle is getting close now. He's understanding it. He knows how to get there. He's 
honing in on the idea of fear opening the door. He sees it as a map. I think that's how others see you hmm. when that fear is being leached from you. Kind yeah, of? kind of. And I think because you see, there's other instances where you see people who have that same look, and it's almost always because, like, yeah, I think it's Firewalk with me. But Laura like freaks out and has that look, and she like yeah panics and looks. See. Yeah, it, there's because yeah, she's only in a couple of scenes. Um, that's the problem with watching all of this mm-hmm. is that I start to forget when things happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think there's something there, but I think it, the, the overarching idea though, in this scene is that Winnemarill doesn't look like that. That's how Leo sees him. Cause it's almost all POV. Too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, all right, we're back at the double R. Uh, Norma states her expectation to see either Shelly or Annie as the winner of Miss Twin Peaks con- contest, which, like, you're the judge, Norma. You can't... That's Like, the whole thing, and especially at the end when they announce the winner and, like, somebody's really mad, it's like, sir, you were definitely part of that decision. Who are you yelling at right it's, now? There's a There's a, a really difficult disconnect yeah. with all of the Twin Peaks... Miss Twin Peaks pageant stuff where it's incredibly important that somebody win. You know, Norma really wants this for somebody. You, I've got to win this. Window Merle is putting all this weight on the yes. winner being, you know, his target. But also, like, they threw together judges and then they changed them and then they changed mm-hmm. the format of it at the last... Like They were just figuring out the rules. Yeah. Like, nothing. Like, there's no planning going in. Like... But there's all this importance, but also nobody really cares. And then it's like even the contestants like, oh, I got to give a speech in six hours and I have no idea what well, I'm going to do. And, and it's, you can see, and I don't know how much is it if I don't know how much it's the actors or the or character choice. But like Laura Flynn Boyle is not taking this shit seriously. Like especially yeah, like the choreography. I think that's a little bit true. They are fucking their way through the Well, the and like before, before um, – in the wide shot of where they were like rehearsing, she and another girl are like laughing and mm-hmm. smoking, and like they're clearly not taking it seriously. Right. Um, so yeah, I, unclear, unclear what. The- yeah, and I know, I know there was a whole lot of discussion and debate and argument from Kimmy Robertson, who plays Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how she's who's obviously a dancer a trained dancer and like had to do this shit and she's like a i'm pregnant i wouldn't do this like i want to dance i like the idea of dancing but like give me so she choreographed all her own stuff but like did she also half-assed it at the same time because she's like this is fucking ridiculous like she very vocally hated all of the miss twin peaks stuff well it's really undignified and it's not the first time they've objectified women, yeah. but but it, also it, that's it, the reason she's like front and center and all of the like yeah because obviously group dancing, she's like she can dance can dance and even though it's ridiculous choreography. Oh my god, and the like, choreography is worse but like, than like why my high school production. Why are you goes. putting Lucy front and center? Like it and also that begs the question of is there an age limit to this? Because I don't know how Lucy is. Like obviously, I'll give um um Nadine a pass because they're trying to play into her yeah. psychosis or whatever. But if it was this important, they wouldn't allow that in the rules. And like uh, it's it's all just absurd. It's 
It's a giant ruse so that they can get all of the characters in town, <clears throat> in, in the town of Twin Peaks together right. in one location so that they can wrap up all these storylines one after another because we only have one episode left. And most of it is spent not focusing on specifically Twin Peaks people. Yeah, I just think Miss Twin Peaks could have been the worst version of that because it could be real. I think it would be much more interesting. This is just off the top of my head, but if they quote unquote solved something, they wrapped up some of the mystery that we've been dealing with as an audience and as the town, and oh, we're all going to go celebrate by going to the roadhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that gets all your characters in one place. Yeah. And the problem is they had no central mystery to solve. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like where where is Winda Merle? What's Winda Merle's game plan? Yeah, and it's also what exactly is the mystery? There's no who killed Laura Palmer anymore. There's where who? There's a threat, but we don't really know what the threat is. Right. It's we just found sort of out existential. like after the Twin Peaks Miss Pageant started that the threat is on the winner of you know what I mean like yeah, it's, you need to know all of that in advance to have yeah the the mystery was all very last minute mm-hmm. um okay so we are back in Ben Horn's office um, Audrey sitting by a fireplace in her father's office wearing a gorgeous dress yeah. Holy and shit. not like you know, as opposed to Donna's dress later, which was like very nineteen ninety. Oh my god, one yeah, yeah, and it was very old Hollywood. Beautiful. And her hair looked great. Yeah, like, she looked wonderful. Yeah, for and, for what reason? Unclear. Um, because she does not. Because she. It's not even what she's a, wearing to the. No, pageant. she doesn't wear she that in the pageant. Wearing, Nor yeah. does she seem to participate in the pageant except for making a speech. She does not yeah. participate in the dance or talent. Some people do a talent. talent. Some people do a speech. I, I mean, I get that, like, I think it was supposed to be they condensed. all do this stupid big dance, and then we show a little bit of the talent portion yeah. to the, uh, for the two women who seem to have some kind of dance acuity, and then a couple of the speeches just to sort of say what that's mm-hmm. like. But, like, she just straight up wasn't around until it was time for her speech, which... I think there was something there, too, and I don't remember the details of it. I feel like you told me that. I think there was something where she was a terrible She and... Larfin Boy? Kimmy Roberts hated the whole storyline, and I think there was a day or two that they were shooting, and and Audrey was like, I'm not not doing it. Really? This is ridiculous. I feel like you told me that... I think there was something like that. That, like, Sherilyn Fenn... Just is a that terrible was, dancer there, she, and just didn't She was really, really uncomfortable dancing. And when Lynch told her to do the dance in the Double Art Diner uh-huh. with the Isn't It Too yeah. Dreamy where she just gets up and starts dancing, she yeah. was like like super, super anxious about it because she's like, I don't – and it turned out beautiful. Amazingly, like, yeah. yeah. But like, he, like she couldn't get her head around of that just like – flowy dance uh-huh. thing that like just free form yeah just move. no choreography and she couldn't she she was really stressed and anxious about that I think she probably would have been better in a situation like this where like you just learn moves yeah her problem with this was just the whole idea sure the Miss Twin Peaks pageant is ridiculous and I don't want to be a part of it yeah I might be conflating those two things then um uh Ben Horn enters his office with uh various religious texts Wishing to find the true meaning of good. So this is where the uh, the good place and Twin Peaks famously cross over. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, concerning Jack, sh- he assures... So Jack fucked her in his pr- 
private plane. And Bring then, on the new. Is that what like the point of the dress is? Is that like Audrey's a woman now? Oh, maybe. It does make me a. I have a huge problem with like women have sex for the first time and all of a sudden are like transformed yeah. to a full woman because my womanhood isn't real until I have a dick in me, I guess. <laughs> um, so I don't like that, but even like they didn't. She did kind of come in with a very... I think you might be right. I think she came into the room with like a very like... Yeah. Hello, father. I'm yeah. grown now. Well, and it's what... I think the one thing that I'll give it is that... Like you go back to the pilot and she had her like saddle shoes on that she trades for the red pumps mm-hmm. and stuff. Like she was trying to hide this womanhood. Sure. Like she was putting this womanhood out, but like among her classmates and stuff, she was trying to hide it at home. Yeah. And now... I, I am she's who I like, am. Like Nancy know. Reagan pantsuits all season when she was trying to be business lady. Yeah. Wait, but that's like professional and sure. whatever, not sexy. And, yeah. You know. She's really got to flaunt that to her dad. Yeah. I think she's just, I, I think it's less about who it's in front of and more about, the I finally character. found who I am mm-hmm. and I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah. Um, but they also have to, they mention fucking Jack and bring that stupid audio cue again. <laughs> I hate that. Um, ben assures, <laughs> ben assures um, Audrey that uh, time heals all wounds and that if Jack promised to return, he would. I don't know that he promised to return. I thought he was like, oh, dude, I gotta, <laughs> gotta go to Brazil. Oh, look what time it is. I'm gonna miss my flight. But Jack, you fly the plane. Oh, my. I know. I'm a virgin. <laughs> we had a really long conversation about last week if we were going to name the episode All Caps, I'm a Virgin. Yeah. We didn't. No. Um, about but her, we all know. But we. About her trip to Seattle, um, Audrey tells her dad that the Packards are using the Twin Peaks savings and loan to funnel cash. For the Ghostwood Development Project. Ben asks her again about Miss Twin Peaks wanting her to enter. She refuses, but he urges her to still make a speech. Oh. Does he... Is that what he said? That's not how, how I read that scene. Yeah, I, I think that was backfilled in order yeah. to make her lack of presence at the Miss Twin Peaks Slightly contest. less confusing. Yeah. Like, to, to give it some, you know, ability to make sense. Um, all right, we're back at the station. Andy is studying the Owl Cave petroglyph. Cooper tells Harry that he believes Earl has targeted Briggs. Uh, Cooper then admits to Truman that he saw Bob following Josie's death, believing him to have been feeding off of her fear, um, ultimately killing her. Having- Which is, I think, a great bit of like, I don't think people got that. That's what we meant it to be, but I don't think people got it. Let's uh, let's explicitly yeah. state Josie died of fear, and that's why Bob was there because of the fear. Uh huh. Um, having listened to this, Wyndham Earl had an, and so Wyndham Earl is still listening through a bonsai tree um, that he has bugged in the uh, what's it called station house. Sorry, my brain like just shut off for a second. It was really scary. But you covered it well with the... Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think anyone noticed. I think, yeah. 
Um, Earl had an epiphany learning that fear is the key to the Black Lodge, which you know because he says it 37 times. Well, they have to say it a few times, too, because he says it. Fear the door. Fear the door. Do you think But this... I don't think that's that part, is it? That's not Major Briggs doesn't say it yet. Like, Major, that Major no, Briggs... No, Earl said, had an epiphany learning uh, oh, that Earl, fear is... Oh, 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 I was thinking when you said Briggs. Got it. Um, which I'm going to write a new fan fiction that Harrison, or Harrison's, George Harrison's song, My Love Opens the Door, or is that Pete Townsend? Daddy, you don't need to squeak right now. Anyway, yeah. that's secretly about the Black Lodge. That wasn't that funny a joke. I'll cut that out. Let my love open the door. George Harrison, right? No. Pete Townsend? Yeah. Okay. Somebody post. No. Is it Townsend or Frampton? It's not Frampton. <laughs> I think yeah, Townsend. It's definitely not George Harrison. Oh yeah, it is Pete Townsend because the one I'm thinking of George Harrison is "I Got My Heart Set on You" yeah, that's and that weird video yeah, where everything's the, happening. The stuffed animals uh-huh. are talking and yeah. singing. Anyway, that's not gonna get cut out. Um, blah 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 blah. So Wyndham Earl leaves, uh, leaving a cage of tarantulas above Leo's head, that set to drop if he lets go of a rope between his teeth. Is terrifying. Ooh, so I. Sorry, I was <laughs> talking to. The I dog. was trying to explain to you my deepest so fears. So scary! Oh, I'm Mikey. I'm scared of spiders. Oh, I, I actually like, am terrified of spiders. Yeah, and I, you are and not. I, I'm not for the most part. I mean, I if I were holding giant venomous spiders above my head with my teeth i would be frightened probably but like i don't i don't have like it like when you see a daddy long legs or whatever like, don't like I, them they too don't, many legs they don't tear anything. but this thing i remember as a kid watching like the slow track along the rope and then it stops mm-hmm. and moves over to the right and then slowly back down again like it's terrifying yeah and d- just how slow it is you realize like how long he's just been holding this thing in his teeth because mm-hmm. you can't that's that's hard that's fucking terrifying yeah, really that hard. scared the shit out of me <sighs> okay and and it's because it's not like a supernatural thing that's a thing that just a psychopath did to a guy mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if tarantulas are that dangerous overall i feel like i'm less afraid of tarantulas than i am of like like skinny spiders i don't like skin. there's there's like a point where spiders stop being scary to me when they're like bigger than my palm it's so like a tarantula is less scary but like a okay like a half dollar size okay spider is like peak scary so do you want to hear more about the no. taxonomy of yeah, spider frights Show our viewers more the <laughs> sizes. But so this is this is the last time we see Leo. Oh, R.A.P. So he's still there to this day. Is does Leo get killed? No, not there. He might get killed later. No, he's dying of tarantulas falling on their head. Is it tarantulas? Are tarantulas tarantulas aren't poisonous? Um, it's probably something else that's poisonous. 
I would imagine. Otherwise, like that's just like oh, people like people have tarantula pets. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm not as afraid of tarantulas. But I don't think they were tarantulas. I think they were like whatever. Are tarantulas venomous? Because I don't think they are. Unless there's like multiple kinds of tarantula. These spiders are harmless to people except for a painful bite and their mild venom is weaker than a typical bee's. So yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, fine. But I don't think they So the lesson is if you're ever suspended with tarantulas over your head, drop them your point behind. is, are they tarantulas? You're yeah. get, you're reading that off of Twin Peaks fandom. No, I looked at them. I think they're tarantulas. Are they? That's what I don't know. Like I don't know what else they would be. Any what kind else of venomous look- spider. No, because they're furry. Are there, I mean, are there, there's lots of types of spiders. I don't know, I don't claim to know all the spiders, and I'm just wondering if they're venomous spiders. Tarantulas versus spiders. <laughs> a, a new movie coming, coming this <laughs> fall. Tarantulas versus spiders. Whoever wins, we lose. Um. Yeah, I guess it could be. Like, because oh. there are spiders that big that are definitely venomous. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm going to stop looking at spiders. <laughs> anyway, like that's that my point, is I, what happens to Leo after this? Because we never see him again. Yeah, um, probably nothing. Probably dies in that room, and then Earl never goes back there, because he has I th- nothing. I, I think... I just realized it's been a while since I've seen. Maybe he saves the day at the end. So maybe maybe he is in it, the the finale briefly. But I'm pretty sure this was the last of it. Anyway, this was a very long tangent and mm-hmm. probably should be cut. Tell me how to edit. Um, okay, Tim Pinkle teaches a dance of nature to the Miss Twin Peaks conta- contestants, whilst admiring the cleavage of one of the women. I hated this i why is that jessica hated it so much i hate anytime dance is depicted in movies that isn't real dance because it's always fucking idiotic it's always stupid and also they never count people in properly which makes me you mean you mean on the count of one (laughs) on the count of one how do you kn- the whole point of counting in is so that you can have the rhythm build a rhythm and say okay I know exactly when to come in on the count of one that could be at any time that reminds me of a terrible like is is that a mistake or is that a good joke oh it's on a the mistake. count of one it's a mistake I don't think that's a joke I don't think it's landed hard enough to be a joke I think it's just because if it was a joke it would be everybody being like, what? But everybody's like, I guess I'm doing a fan kick or whatever. Um, it reminds me of this terrible Hallmark Christmas movie that I've seen three times. Um, where, a, you know how it's always like the woman and her mean fiance and then the nice guy who's like from a small town and makes candles or whatever. Okay. Um, anyway, the mean fiance in this case was a big shit choreographer. And so they had... Yeah. You gotta be careful, like like a big choreographer, like a big deal guy. Okay, I don't know what big shit choreographer. I like that to me makes sh- sound like he's a really bad choreographer. No, he's like a big famous choreographer okay. man, and he's like, and <laughs> the whole time they're like, 
the ballet is opening this week or whatever. And then they show the quote unquote dress rehearsals and it's just three women in mismatching leotards just doing like, like PK turns around the stage, just doing nothing in particular. And then the best part though, is he's like, all right, we're going to start three, two, one, go. <laughs> you know, how you count in dancers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, this is awful and stupid. <laughs> I <off>. hated it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I... Yeah, a lot I, of leering, a lot of male gazing. Oh, and it's supposed to be to some extent, yeah. but it's... But it's not funny enough to be played off. It feels like, mm, no, we actually just want to look at these girls' tits, but we're going to, like, do it through the guise of this guy's a creep, but don't worry, so we'll get to see some tits. And then and then he's, like, all fondling up on Log Lady later. Like, don't like that at all. Do not fucking touch Log Lady. Fuck you, Pinkle. Um, Lucy questions the dance at a girl Um, the judges discuss the qualities that exemplify Miss Twin Peaks Mayor Milford Milford says beauty and power Dick says poise sophistication (laughs) Dick says poise sophistication and breeding gross Um, and Norma says originality she ma- and she then goes they have to that make- guy who I, I to this day don't know if I like the bit. I don't remember of the the guy who walks in. So it's a three shot of the three judges, Norma and, and Dick and whatever, and the mayor. Yeah, for, yeah. Um, and in front of them, between them and the camera, a oh. guy walks through like holding a big plastic deer. I thought this was extremely funny. I but very I, what much I, liked what, it. I think it would have been funny if he was carrying it. But he but looks, looks like, like he's, he's like butt fucking it. it. Yeah, and he it's does. I don't like that. That's no, what, but no, like no. I love that he like crosses frame like it, it like it almost feels like they were filming a scene and no one told this guy. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. it makes it feel like the camera's really there. No, it does look like he's giving it to that little deer pretty hard. Um, but it still made me laugh. Not yeah. and not in spite of that, because of that. Okay, all right. Because I'm a trash person with trash humor. Okay. Um, I don't know. So yeah, Norma. This yeah, and then this is when Lana comes in and. Yeah. So. So Norma says, "I'm going to go make these score sheets," which. Maybe you should have done that before the day of the show, but what do I know? And then Lana asks Dick to the storage room to help her find something. And then this says she so, seduces him. Here's the thing. She sexually assaults him and here's, does grab his dick. Here's the thing. When she says, can you help me to the storage room and help me find Spot something? on, Lana. You got all of that information of what's going to happen in that storage <laughs> room in that single line of dialogue. That entire scene, A, doesn't need to take place. B... Between two maybe tertiary characters, if not less so. And it's way too long. So long. And, like, confusing and awkward, not in a funny way, but in a, like... Like, it's also, like, she's seducing him, and... And Dick Tremaine is being all, like, Oh, what what does it look like? Uh... 
oh, I'm all being all shy. Like, he's totally a sleazeball. Yeah, he would have fucked her. Yeah, he would have been super on board for that shit. Yeah. Like, it's, it's out of character for him. Uh, yeah, well, and especially because they had that whole run when Lana was first introduced that, like, men couldn't control themselves around her. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to, like, get up on that if she's opening the door. Yeah. To your heart. It's... It's not only bizarre but unnecessary. It it feels like they they had a finale written that was too long for one episode, not long enough for two, mm. and they had to add these little bits. Like they show you way too much Miss Twin Peaks rehearsal. Mm-hmm. All of it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. They show you. The this, entire opening scene. Yeah, this closet sequence, totally unnecessary because they need to fill time. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the finale, which is a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's all just – it's you, you shouldn't be at a point where the second to last episode of your show – Has filler. Has filler <laughs> with characters we – not only don't care about actively dislike. Well, and it, that's a good point, especially when it's an abrupt ending. And you have yeah. to think, if you're the writer or if you're David Lynch or whomever, like, shit, I have all this shit I have to tie up and I have three episodes to do it in. Yeah. Okay. First thing you do time is... wrapping up the Lucy and Dick and Andy sequence yeah. instead of throwing that in, like, two lines of dialogue backstage later. <sighs> like, there's... You can... You can draw it out in the right places, and they just yeah. opted it just not to. Weird choices. Yeah. Um. So Cooper, excuse me, excuse me again. Uh, Cooper records a tape for Diane after meditating, updating her on the progress on the case. Um, Annie then then knocks on the door, asking for help on her speech and contest. Um, wait, sorry. I was thinking and reading at the same time, and it didn't work. Uh, Annie knocks at the door and asks for help on her speech for the contest, and she delivers delivers. I don't know what's wrong with me. She delivers some of the flattest lines yeah, yeah. I have ever heard in my adult it, it life. It picks up a little bit. It's funny because when the lines are, when the script is pretty good, her line delivery is really flat. When the when the script yeah. gets bizarre, when it starts getting to like the tree metaphor of I've planted my roots and nothing took, yeah, she actually has a much more relatable delivery. It's the, bizarre, but like this whole thing, like there's there's what could be fun, like banter, yeah, a little fun back and forth between them is just so flat. It's so flat, and I don't, I I don't. Th- think they have any chemistry together which is wild because Calvin Coughlin seems like one of those people who has chemistry with everyone he's he's, <laughs> he's up to 11 doing he's putting his it out acting. there yeah, he is trying to get doing her some acting to do something and she's just not picking up like because there's one line I'm gonna drop it in here what can I do for you well I need to uh give a speech in six hours I haven't written a word and uh I don't have any idea what I want to say I'm in a complete sweaty palm panic, and I need to talk to someone, namely you. What's your topic? What you can do to save our local forests. I just don't want to stand up there like some deranged Barbie doll saying things like, make sure your campfires are at, kind of like my brain. Where she says something about, like, 
oh, the forests are going to be empty like my head. <laughs> it's like, was that a punch? Did you deliver yeah. a joke? Because you didn't. It reads to me like, you know, when you, I don't want to like infantilize her. It's like she's reading it for the first time. Yeah. It's like, or, or further when kids memorize something like by rote and they mm-hmm. don't know what the words mean or you memorize something in a foreign language and you're just like saying well, the syllables correctly. Well, Heather Graham's not a native English speaker. She, she memorized all of her lines for this show phonetically. Wow. Yeah, like yeah. Shakira did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought, I mean, pretty good considering. You know who else did that that I learned recently? Selena. Oh. She did not speak Spanish, even That's... though she was, she's Mexican-American. Oh. So she recorded all of her Spanish language albums phonetically and then good. finally learned Spanish. That's pretty funny. It's a bit in, if you ever watch Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, a handful of the episodes go meta and they're like the actors playing oh, sure. the actor playing the mm-hmm. character. And Malin Ackerman's character is Swedish. Mm. She's Swedish. But her bit is that all of the episodes she does of Children's Hospital, she learns phonetically and she only speaks Swedish. And it's just funny. <laughs> That's a good bit. I like, I like this show because you can tell what we're, like, when we listen back to this in 10 years, you can tell what shows we've been watching. Because the, first, the, <laughs> first, yeah. the first half was like, it's kind of like Lost. And now we're like, it's kind of like Children's Hospital. It's kind of like the great British break baking show, you know? Like, yeah. you need to have a good structure, but it also needs to taste good. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always mm-hmm. said. Me and Paul Hollywood say that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, their discussion of trees ends in them making love. Again, not a, what not I, a spark between them, what I'd I say. What I will say for the writers in this is they always say, make love with you. Yeah, instead of two. Which... I think is ahead of its time. Well, I would disagree because Audrey says, I want you to make love to me. She says, with me. I want you to make love with me. Because it stood out to me then, too, and I I didn't bring it up last time. But she says, I want you to make love with me. Um, That's that's why it stood out, because I heard it again now. And I was like, oh, I feel like most people would have said to me, if you're going to say make love, you say to me or to you. Usually, that's just what people say. I don't... But I, I kind of like the if you're gonna use the the, the phrase make love, mm-hmm. Which, I like the idea of it being with, with, not to. That's good. I like that. That is good. However, I think anyone who says make love should be strung up by their thumbs. <laughs> I, 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 I don't love the expression either. But it's, and, but it's also these are two different writers who say it. But it's all it's a it's a really commonly used euphemism in shows that aren't explicit because you mm-hmm. can't say, I mean, I guess you could say I want to have sex with you, but like obviously you can't say like I want to fuck, but like never Go in to Pound Town or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ride that D train. Right. Um, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but never in all of my years of dating. And Michael, there were many years. <laughs> so Mikey was getting another beer, so I just wanted to take Laughing advantage. From a distance. <laughs> Never have I heard a human being in real life say the word make love. Except for like maybe in like an interview setting or something equally like artificial. But just oh, like or boys to men. But I'm saying humans, <laughs> how humans talk. Are you suggesting that boys okay. to men are not human? Can I can I pause it to you? <laughs> 
Can I pass it to you? The least realistic lyric, the least appropriate lyric of all time. It's the song. Cannot think of who it's by, but it's feel like making love. Like the idea of like a guy in a rock star rock song. You're like feel like making love to you. Like yeah, who is that? Is that Fog Hat? I don't know. Something like that. Oh, look it up, you vamp. Um, no, that's ridiculous, and it's feel like it. It doesn't. It. You're right. It. Do, it doesn't match. Bad company. Oh, bad company. Okay. No. Uh, like yeah. ima- well, just ridiculous. imagining if like a man in my single days. Well, obviously, it, nobody wants me now that I have a wedding ring on. Obviously, but in my single days, if someone's like, I think we should make love, I'd be like, I'm gonna rip your dick off, like. I'm so skeeved out by you. You're going to murder me for sure. You either have to go with the, like a dirty approach and have like. Or tap dance around it. Or yeah, you find a clever euphemism. Like, do you want to get out of here? Which doesn't work because they're in a room. But like, also, you don't, uh, I mean, I guess there's, uh, yes, it's good that he gets enthusiastic consent before they have sex. But also, like, when you're already, like, going at it, you don't stop and go, I want to make love to you. Like, I want to make love with you. I want to, like, it just makes me uncomfortable. And maybe I'm just, like. You can go just more, like, I want you. So much better. Like, yeah. So much better. Yeah. Or just put on a bad company record. Or just put on a bad company record, turn those lights down low. (laughs) Light a couple of candles. What is it? What movie is it where the guy plays Lady by uh, Styx and is, is like forty year old and then makes them like no you have to stop and listen to this this is this is what I want to say to you forty year old virgin. Oh, um, Styx. Right? I think it's Freaks and Geeks. I think it's Freaks and Geeks and it's Jason Siegel. That's why you're thinking for your word. Oh, um, yeah, that tracks. Seagulls. He's part of that He's chunk part of, of people. That's yeah, all happens out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, you remember Twin Peaks? No. <laughs> we're also, have I said we're recording this on a Wednesday night? No, it's Tuesday, Tuesday. night. God damn it. God. This is bad, just like the hellish longest month. Well, it's December now. So now we're into a new fresh hell. Yay. It didn't feel earnest. Boy, oh boy. Okay. Um, okay, so they fuck. Um, also, really, I would call inappropriate if Diane is, in fact, his secretary and not his, like, buddy. I would say it's like, hey, I want to tell you about this girl I'm trying to boink. Like, because he t- talks to Diane about it. And also, I don't like that he has that he says she has, like, a childlike wonderment. Like, I would generally steer clear of infantilizing the women that you want to bang. Especially after his reaction to Audrey. An actual yeah, child. And him being like, that's... not great. I think you're a wonderful person. And you're a mature... Like... He rejected Audrey, who is is a child because she was too young, too, even though she acted mature. Yeah, and like you're mature, but you are too young. Whereas Annie is old enough, but acts really well, young. Well, you heard it here that. first. Like, it's super bizarre. 
Cooper is a big old pedo, and oh, no, um, no, 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 no. Well, do I mean, that. you put two and two together. It wasn't me. Two and two do not always equal four. It's from Twin Peaks. David Lynch says it. So Nadine shows her wrestling slides to Mike, Ed, Norma, and Dr. Jacoby. Sure loved this scene. I like this scene. Sure do love this And I like that scene. she's standing in front of it's it. So you can like, it's always on her, they, they frame it well too. It's always like some wrestler's face like on her neck. So she's using like a slide projector. Oh, so good. Um, and it's just various pictures of her just like whooping young men's ass. <laughs> and this is me with last year's regional champion from Yakima. He was cute, but a little slow. Next. Oh, and this is me with Brock Farmington, AAA champion from Spokane. Superior upper body strength and quads like bridge supports. I pinned him in a minute five. Next. Oh, this is me with all the stuff I won. And then she just like keeps showing things, but she's literally standing in front of the projector. (laughs) So she's like blocking her. It's very funny. Here's all the stuff I won is very good. Um, Jacoby then takes (laughs) control. It is hard to understand how it got to the how they clear they're ostensibly in there talking about. Big Ed and Nadine's breakup. So Nadine can be with Mike and Ed can be with Norma. Not so much the Mike and Nadine thing. That's there. Everyone's assuming that's going to fizzle or that's going to go away eventually. But But it's more so to get into Nadine's head. Right. The seriousness of you're actually about to be divorced from your husband. Right. Um, Anyway... Uh, it's hard to say why Jacoby is so bad at running a meeting that he let it devolve into her doing a slideshow of her wrestling <laughs> uh, triumphs, but here we are. So anyway, Jacoby takes control of the meeting, um, says, he talks about when a couple's getting divorced, breaking up, Ooh, good catch, Jacobs, um, asking for each of their feelings on the separation. Um, Ed reveals... To- also, I'm not... A psychiatrist by any means. I am. You can ask But me. I assume that's not true. Of like, oh, when people are going through... but It's best to have these discussions in groups. <laughs> like, I, if I were going through a divorce, I might not want to have that discussion... You don't want my new boyfriend with Frank? The, right. Like, it's... Is, is he the guy you're making love with? Thank you for respecting my autonomy because he does make love with me in that. Okay, okay. I'll make love with you. <laughs> like you always do. Oh, Ed reveals to Nadine that he and Norma plan on marrying, which causes Nadine to say she and Mike are doing the same, and then she crushes Mike's hand. I liked that scene. I thought it was very funny, very I, effective. My favorite thing is it looks like Mike is doing like a like a quiet big mouth thing uh-huh. and it added like super added ADR oh, vocal yeah. scream later because they're like nah this needs another we gotta punch, punch this it up, up. <laughs> but it, it's cl- clearly not coming from the tape that they use mm-hmm. um, Major Briggs staggers back towards civilization encountering Deputy Hawk who takes him back to the station 
still under the influence of haloperidol. The, did I say that right? Yeah. I was panicking while I started that sentence because I saw that big word coming and I didn't know if I would be able to do it. So I'm very proud. Uh, yeah. I'm seamless, you know? Yeah, that's the best is that you didn't acknowledge it. You mm-hmm. just moved right past Act it. Act like you've been there before. The Major speaks incoherently to Cooper and Truman. Andy comes back to observe the petroglyph. Um, oh my god, the fucking box. Um, the, I will state that the scene starts um, with a line of dialogue <laughs> that is everybody's mood. It's like the way, what is that? Uh, what's the word when a, the word it sounds like what it is? Oh, uh, an onomatopoeia. An onomatopoeia word. Like, what is going through your mind while you're watching this scene is exactly what Catherine says to you on the screen, where she boxes. says, like, I can't take any more boxes inside boxes. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm thinking. As soon as they get to the scene and they're playing with a goddamn box again, I was so annoyed by all of it. Uh, Andrew takes out a revolver and shoots the box, which stressed me out highly. Out of his highly. just fucking sweater vest. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Like, what? Well, it stressed me out because when... The way and it's like a giant revolver. Like, yeah, it's that's not a fucking, fucking dirty, airy shit. Well, and the way I, I think I just wasn't paying close enough attention because it looked like the box was like on the counter between between him and Pete, and he was shooting at the box. So if he missed the box, he would straight up murder Pete. Yeah, but I mean, it's on the floor. It is. It is between them, but okay. it's on the floor. Regardless, but still, ricocheting is the thing. like. You're sh- yeah, and he missed twice. And, and it's and, not moving, sir. And then shot, and then finally shot it. Uh, it's I mean the whole thing is you know four inches long, <laughs> two inches wide maybe, and he shoots right through the middle of it. But the contents inside are like unharmed. Yep. And there's two gi- like two giant holes now in yep. their cabinetry, and Pete's a like, great shooting. And Catherine's response is like, oh, oh my, yeah, it, it really was like if your kid won't won't stop doing an invitation that you actually think is funny, but you have him still like, <laughs> okay, okay, stop, 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 yeah, stop, stop. It's ma'am, she's he's shooting holes in your kitchen. Use a firm hand. And then here. they get the thing out, and they're like, let's not do anything with this. Uh huh. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's a key. Um, a safety deposit box key. Mm-hmm. I did like the little thing, the little standoff between Andrew and Catherine. And Pete is like, you guys don't trust each other. And they're both like, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. So they put it under a cake saver, which I've never heard it called that. Cake saver? I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's... Yeah, no, it does. I'm just, just like one of those big glass. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, dressed from Miss Twin Peaks. Oh, boy, Donna. Oh, Donna, girl. Donna, Donna, Donna looks There's like... There's always manana. Donna looks like Elizabeth Taylor in the 1990s. She has the same, like, big... Like, she set it, like, so it's curly, and then just... Yeah. It's up. It's just and, off her And neck. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's her makeup. And she just genuinely you know has a small nose but it looks like she's had like years of plastic surgery like she looks like nicole kidman looks now yeah she's over made up 
the dress she's wearing a dress that's strapless but it's um off the shoulder it's the dress and- my sister wore to homecoming around <laughs> that same time only the bow was white instead of red oh god but it had okay. almost the exact same dress on purpose no, I don't oh. think so. I think it was... That was just the dress. That was just the early 1990s. Um, yeah. And, like, she... That just... Oh, hold on. I have to sneeze again. <laughs> yeah. It's a ridiculous dress. And she, like, doesn't have the shoulders for it either. She's got super narrow shoulders. So... And so there's so much volume around her shoulders yeah. that it makes her and look her like... her hair she... is really big. And her and big she bow looks like a really little big. tiny she's got doll. Like, yeah, she looks like like a mouse like peeking out of a sock. <laughs> like, yeah, she looks. You know what she looks like is like a uh, one of those like toddlers and tiaras girls mm. of just like teeny teeny tiny looks, and then just like lots of fabric and lots of hair. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, she demands to know her mother's association. And again, with... sorry, again, it's someone who's crazy dressed up to go to the Miss Twin Peaks pageant to change. Yep, that's, that's correct because they do all have costumes. Yeah, for, they have oh, costumes and then costumes. they have their like presentation outfit, which is also different. Mm-hmm. Audrey's wearing like that black kind of lace top thing. Yeah, she looked great. Also a very nice dress. Like yeah. fashion does exist. It di- yeah, it did feel like the costume designers are like, all right, well, we have two more two more episodes. Everybody gets thirteen wardrobe changes per right? episode. Something. Um. She demands to know, Donna demands to know her mother's association with Ben Horn. Her parents don't budge on the subject and she leaves and her hair follows. Cooper points out planetary positions on the petroglyph as the conjunction between... I did not understand anything that was going on and I reckon you don't either. I assume it's just sort of nonsense. Like what? The conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn is key to opening the lodge. Um... So just all about like contracting and expanding, and they're. I think I think, I think the contraction and expand, it, like Harry Truman's reaction. He's like squinty eyed and yeah, he's making mimicking big, him yeah, again, big, like a toddler. Like, Everybody's like reverted to toddler. It's great, but I think episode. it's it's also just like Cooper being very 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 knowledgeable and speaking too much. The things he's saying aren't uh-huh. relevant. Sure, it's how he's justifying it, but it's not necessarily relevant. Basically, all they're they're saying is like, like when, like, certain you know times in the 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 moon the alignment planet alignment planet planetal alignment planet planet planetary alignment. <laughs> I was like, planetal doesn't sound right. No, at it all. doesn't. But you said it so many times with a super confused. Anyway, planetary alignments and things like that are. Indic- indicative of a, spe- a specific place in time and space. And that's all they're saying. They're dancing around it a lot, uh-huh. but all they're saying is the you have fear event. Basically, what they end up with is the time. There's a specific time and a place to get and access the White Lodge, Black Lodge. Uh-huh. And fear and love open the doors right so that's the key now now they just they know when they know how they just don't yet know um uh where exactly where to go right to open it um briggs says that fear and love open the doors and mentions a queen Cooper finds this to mean the winner of Miss Twin Peaks. Is, this in is that also Earl... where he starts with like the king, the king of Romania is unable to attend. 
which like I feel like there's a bunch of like good nuggets of information in this stuff that he mutters that you just don't understand. A lot of this stuff in the last few episodes too, like Briggs is mumbling a lot of shit and yeah. it's a lot of like juicy stuff if you're able to like hear it and listen right. to it. Which it's funny because that that is the kind of TV people make now because you can watch it time after time and yeah. like pick up those little nuances. Yeah. When this aired in the 90s, if you People didn't... were doing that, but it's because they were like setting their VCR for it and right. stuff like that. I They also like, there's the, the meta reference to um, like Wizard of Oz when he's like... Yeah. And they're like, are you okay? Garland. Garland. Judy Garland? Judy Garland. Yeah. Like... It's there's, it's, it's just fascinating. I think. Yeah, the face I just made. I just got a push alert from the New York Times, that said, "Here are the twenty five greatest actors of the twenty first century so far, according to our critics." New York Times, we're busy. There's a pandemic. The president is trying to like take over an election that he lost. You're ranking the best actors of the twenty first century. In 2020, New York Times, get your shit together. Who? New York. Oh. <laughs> Who is it? I didn't open up. Nuts on the floor. <laughs> God damn it. Um. You're gonna have a hell of a time I'm, picking and choosing what to keep in this episode. Yeah. Because this is as this is as derailed as my whole like last couple weeks has been. I've just my head has been all over the damn yeah. place. Like, I, this is... I haven't even had a full glass of wine, and I feel like I am an idiot. I'm I'm on my third beer. Okay. I, but I'm also... I am an idiot. So, so there's that. Yeah. Just leaning into it at this point. Um, but, yeah. So there's... Anyway. So the, back to Twin Peaks. There's a great... Like, there's great stuff coming from Briggs. They kind of figure out these important mythological elements that they need for this thing. Meanwhile... Andy is in the background the entire time figuring shit out, but no one's listening to him. Right. Which I love. I love yeah. that Andy... Like, it's one of those... That, like, I mean, he, he does start he, out with, is this the 4-H club? Because he's looking at a... Well, um, but he's just thinking aloud, but he also picked up the idea of this symbol being an astrological symbol. He just didn't... Sure, didn't recognize it. it. Yeah. But it's it's the... It's like you were... Uh, like, you always mention it in The Office, the American version of the office that michael scott is the worst and everyone hates him and he's he's seen he's obnoxious and whatever he's supposed to be but every once in a while he has to prove that he actually is good at his job he's a great salesman or he's a great manager Mm -hmm. he does something that proves that like okay this is how this guy kept his Mm -hmm. job you know what i mean like yeah andy's this is one of those where like he's dropping his gun and shooting like he's crying at every crime scene and all this like Every once in a while, he has to have a moment of like, okay, he's a cop. Right. He's, he's good at it. There's a reason he's able to keep his job. Right. And I think this is just one of those great moments. Right. Of that, yeah. Um, so Andy knocks over the bonsai plant, and they re- they discover the bug that's on it. So immediately know that Wyndham Earl has been spying on them. This, this whole scene is a lot of like, whatever Cooper's first thought is, is definitely correct. Which is, yeah. he's like, the queen. Oh, it's the queen of the Miss Pin Peak, Twin Peaks concert. That's the only thing it could be. It reminds me of um, the Futurama parody of the um, Da Vinci Code stuff. <laughs> when he's like, 
He's holding a trident, which has three prongs, or a tray. So it's that tray, and, it's, and someone's like, what? He's like, that's all it could be. Like, he just makes these <laughs> yeah. logical leaps that, like, definitely make sense. They follow an internal logic, but, like... Mm. Well, it's because they wanted to get to this point, and they didn't have... They didn't start setting it up three, four episodes ago. Right. And so they have to get out all of the information. Right. And then they do the thing where... So the bonsai cracks... They find the bug. If it were me, I feel like my reaction to that would be, look at it. Uh-huh. Finger over <laughs> your mouth. Don't make a noise. Go into another room and say, hey, it's bugged. Let's try to use this to our advantage. Yell directly or into something. the microphone. He like picks it up and he's holding it and he's like, huh, wh- I think this is winner number one. He's yeah. He's been a step ahead of us the entire time. He knows absolutely everything. Like, stop! Stop telling it like everything. Like it's that seems. Yeah, they don't even try to do like a for, double for yeah. having the wherewithal to know everything about the planetary alignment right. and how that affects this goal of trying to access the Black Lodge. He doesn't know that you being bugged rudimentary bugs work, buddy. Like, um, Cooper and Truman leave, ignoring Andy's plea to listen. Um, Miss. Okay, so we get to the Miss Twin Peaks contest in earnest. Hey. So you didn't call it a concert. Thank you. I'm so brave. Um, I first of all, this choreography is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That, I think we can just put on the table and that's that. Don't make that face. My real problem with it is that they have this rain theme that was so confusing. And the fact that they chose to like costume their women in rain apparel and it was all clear ponchos and clear umbrellas, which is a bananas choice to put somebody on stage in a clear poncho it's wild you want my thoughts are they dumb thoughts somebody thought they were clever and tying the whole thing back to laura palmer being wrapped in plastic oh brother this sounds like a Ooh, i have an idea let's do the whole thing like wrapped in plastic and it'll be like a Subtle tie back to Laura Palmer. Oh, that failed. That was unsuccessful. I figured it out. Well, you've seen it 37 <laughs> times, Michael. I don't think that's also, when they want people to get it's things. It's possible that I figured nothing out, and it was a terrible choice, and I just played Cooper and was like, it's the only thing it yeah, could mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just, and even, like, I don't know why it bugged me so much that the umbrellas they use are the kind that they're clear and so you can hold them like right over your instead of holding yeah, it above, over your face over your yeah. face so it doesn't drip on you so yeah. they're big and very deep mm-hmm. when they're open which make them impossible to dance with and impossible when you have 12 women shoved onto a stage the size of like our kitchen mm-hmm. and then give them all of these accessories what are we doing here and what do i have to do with nature it's just i know i know i'm a dancer so like that's what bothers me and it doesn't bother None of that else. has anything to do with the dancing, though. I mean, it does, because uh, yeah. it's about the performance aspect of it. Because I think if they had ditched the if they had ditched the rain 
ponchos, which are literally like the ponchos you get from $3 at CVS when you're going to a ball game and you think it's going to rain and you're like, oh, if I, if I go to the CVS down in um, Belmont, it will be cheaper than if I get them in Wrigley Field. I'll get them for 4 bucks instead of 25 bucks in, in, Chicago, in the Wrigley Field because it'll have the Cubs logo on it. You ditch that, you give them canes and top hats instead of those dumb umbrellas and you have a cute little throwback to the showgirls with the legs and the you know northwest they're in plaid whatever like there's something there but it was so dumb and so distracting and so loud it's, they just didn't have they didn't have anybody to consult about the dancing aspect which, which even the dancing is one thing but like just the. but if you had anybody like yeah there to like say any of this yeah they they would have it's it's like when you see those billboards and you're like, hey, if a single woman had read this, sure. you would not have put this up. Yeah. Like like when Bud Light or whatever said, like, take the word no out of your vocabulary. And it was like peak Me Too movement. And everyone's like, you got to put women on your team, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? I don't think I heard about that. Yeah. Is that really what? That's true. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I think it was like a night of me too. It might have even been like earlier. The sad part is it's not even like, oh, put a woman on your team. She would have gotten that. Yes, that's true. But also, you you didn't need to have a woman on your team to get that. Like, you should have been able to figure that out on your own. You know what? Follow the Twitter the Twitter um, feed, men writing women or something like that. Oof. Male authors writing women. It's rough stuff. It's just men being like i was looking down at my tits like i do every morning and i notice like one nipple is pokey you know how every morning i get up and i i don't know i actually last night i had i came across one of those and i sent it to my best friend leah um and every monday night leah amanda and i watch a terrible reality show together and i've been working on my novel and i sent leah this book of like literally this guy was like I could feel her nipples itching. <laughs> like, things like that. It was so upsetting. And Leah texted me before we got on the thing, and, I was, and she said, can you read this to Amanda and pretend it's from your book? <laughs> and the problem was I got way too far into it before she was like, oh, I see what we're doing. <laughs> it was so bad. Amanda's like, just too nice. drooled on her tits or something horrible. I'll post it up in the um, in the notes. Y'all need to see it. It's so bad. Anyway, men writing women. Men shouldn't be allowed to write women. Um, Twin Peaks dance. Louis commences... Louis? Lucy. The Miss Twin Peaks contestants dance. Lucy commences the show's talent section with a dance performance of her own. Very nice dance performance. She does, like, 37 single pair wets for some reason, but, like, whatever. She does a nice little kick line. And, and uh, you know, she's obviously a dancer. And then leaps into the splits like one does when they were three three months pregnant. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That whole downstairs area is normal and feels yeah, great. Yeah, um, And you're not tired and sore and... Crabby. Yeah. No. No, it's... Feeling like a million bajillion bucks. Um... Bobby looks out in the crowd uh, and sees a log lady who's being not included in TwinPeaks.Fandom.com but is being physically and emotionally and sexually harassed by Squiggy. Um, and then I, he... Like, this is a this is a good bit. 
I like that they like Bobby does the like what and then where is some then, good old fashioned Scooby Doo double takes. Yeah. <laughs> but why? Unclear. Why is Windermere dressed as the log lady? Why is Bobby backstage? Here's. I also have another pet. You did theater too, in or like some sort of theater. It really bothers me in sh- movies and shows when somebody's standing backstage and like peeks, peeks out, out, and it's like your whole head is just yeah, your whole head is just out yeah. for the audience. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? Um, Hi, stupid. Face. So I just called our dog stupid face on mic. I didn't yeah. mean to. Um, <laughs> it was during dead time. We cut this. So Bobby's backstage. And okay, that's fine. You uh, maybe just you needed to include Bobby in this episode. Yeah, he did not have much to do, right? But, but like, Winter Merle, why would you dress as the Logly? I mean, it's a good disguise. Like, dress as a woman because maybe that won't draw as much suspicion. But to dress as an actual person in the town. Yeah. Is bizarre. And then, so he hits, Winnemarl hits Bobby over the head with the log. Seems like it hurts. Yeah. Here's my thought. Yeah. Bobby doesn't need to be there. No. You For reasons you'll find out in the next episode, Nadine needs to get hit on the head. The uh-huh. sandbag falls on her head later. Uh-huh. Why not just put Nadine backstage, who would have been backstage because mm-hmm. she's part of the fucking show going on. Uh-huh. And have her be the one who sees Windermere and look confused, and then he hits her on the head. Right. That's You've, that's like economy of characters. Exactly. Everybody, like, you're not forcing Bobby into this weird thing. Like, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. I, to have a random sandbag fall. Not great. Just when she happens to be there, a la fucking... Marvin Barry from the fucking uh, uh, Back to the Future. (laughs) It's your cousin Marvin Barry, or Back to the Future 2 when he keeps dropping the sandbags on the the guys. But like, it's, I don't know. It's just such a, and then he looks and sees the log, the Windermere log lady, then looks back and log lady's gone. Which is, is is that why they have Squiggy harassing her? Is that maybe it gives her a reason attention? to lead? Oh, to to leave. I'm sorry. Or but like also happens to leave at just the right time where he looks back and then looks back again and she's mm-hmm. gone. That was in Scooby Doo. Yeah, but and at least Bobby walks over and says like, "What did you bring the whole family?" Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he doesn't think it's actually the log lady. Mm-hmm. Like, I it's. It, it, it all just feels so shoehorned when all you had to do was make that needy. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so Bobby looks out to see the log lady's disappeared. He goes uh, to the new log lady backstage and is knocked out by whoever that is, Wyndham Earl. Um, Lucy finishes. Which I will say the costuming is yeah, pretty good. Like we know it's Windermere because we just know. Yeah, well, and we've seen him in costumes. Yeah, and he has this little bag of tricks. But we, like you said before, if if you hadn't gotten music cues and close-ups, you wouldn't necessarily know it was Windermere every time. Right. We we just know. Yeah. In this case, um, Lucy finishes her dance. Cooper and Truman arrive just before Lana does a dance of contort contort. 
con- I can't contortionist contortionistic jazz contortionistic exotica, which yeah. is really just bad cultur- belly dancing. Yeah, like culturally appropriating belly dance. Like she clearly seems to have like some bad dance talent. She's a lovely girl. Um, the hat and If you're veils listening, Robin are... Lively, it's nothing against you. No, Robin Lively, listen, it's me, <laughs> Jess, your friend. Lovely. I actually really like your hair and hope to achieve that sort of curliness for my own one day. Um, but yeah, not not so much with contortion work yeah, there. Yeah, literally no contortionism at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's pretty sexy time, I guess. A little bit of pseudo-jazz playing, kind of? Yeah, like, she does a few, like, jazz walks and, like, you know, whatever. Anyway, don't need to get it's hung bizarre. up on that. kind of dumb. So sorry, our dog is just fucking squeaking everything she can. Um, Andy arrives to speak to Cooper, but is distracted by Lana's performance. Lana's performance, um, as are most of the men in attendance. Ha-ha. Um, Audrey delivers her speech... Which is just like, yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, like it also has all of the passion of like a sophomore communications class assigned reading thing of like, in conclusion. And honestly, I think it's because nobody, nobody's heart was in that. Yeah, nobody likes this. Like all of the actors don't like this whole story. Yeah. Um. Earl lurks above the stage. Voting commences and Lucy pulls Andy in. Oh, and then we see part of Annie's speech as well. Um, Which is just a quote from a Native American person. Yeah. So. Chief Seattle or something. Yeah, Chief Seattle. Um, Lucy pulls Andy and Dick aside to tell him that she's chosen Andy Tech as the father of a child, regardless of who's biologically responsible. Dick congratulates them and leaves to make his vote. Andy goes to find Agent Cooper, much to Lucy's irritation, which is fair, but also not a... Also, just the way it happened. Like, they're all backstage. They're all in the middle of some shit. And she's like, did you guys forget what day it is? Like, no, Lucy, we've been busy, boo. Like, people are dying. You had to do that stupid dance. Like, we have shit going on. It's a self-imposed deadline. Push it off 12 hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's absurd. Um, and then is upset that like Andy who's on the job needs to find Agent Cooper you know to maybe save Annie's life which doesn't even happen right like he gets Annie so like uh, um, I thought I remember this episode being a lot better yeah I, I did not there's, enjoy there's it there's not a I mean there's moments there's a lot of good stuff mm-hmm but there's just so much unnecessary crap. I mean, I just, like, truly, I don't think this show gets back on track until David Lynch takes the reins. I really liked the last metaphor, episode. But, uh, the episode before this, I genuinely really liked. I didn't love it. At I, least, you know, 80 I or 90% think, of it. There's, yeah, I think, things in it that are spectacular. I think but. my thing is, like, I like David, well, I don't know. I think we'll talk about this a lot more in season three because there's a part of me that really likes David Lynch much more when he's left to his own devices and sort of, but like also (laughs) there's diminishing returns for me as well. Anyway, um, 
I, I skipped over some stuff on mistake. Um, Donna approaches Ben backstage, asking oh, about yeah. his association with her mother. Again, not great timing, Donna. And he and he says as much too. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna see, I I hear you. I think the four of us should get together right. and really talk this out. I'm willing to she's do that like, for you. And she's like, nah, no, I don't want to. You're my dad, man. And then he's kind of just like, what? <laughs> like he just stands there like. What? I mean, he's talking but, to a yeah, like hysterical eighteen-year-old girl. You know, like she's and, that, and she's there's and there's kid. truth to that. I mean, that that's legit. But like her character throughout this series just spikes all over mm-hmm. the fucking place. Mm-hmm. She's probably the most realistic teenager. Yeah. Ever scripted, but it and it's it because a, of mistakes. Yeah, and it, it makes it's it a difficult of, character to follow. Yeah. Um, so she realizes that he's her father, probably, and then runs away in her dress and heels. Um, so then Annie delivers her speech. Earl lurks above the stage. Voting commences. Duck, 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 duck. Uh, Andy goes to find Agent Cooper, much to Lucy's irritation. Okay. After the votes are in, Doc Hayward announces that Annie is a contest winner, um, which... I would say Milford has the best reaction, even though it's confusing because ostensibly he voted for her because she won. <laughs> but he's like, she lived here for five minutes! And I'm like, yeah, Mayor. Like, you know what the fuck is up? Like, I don't think your, like, wife should have won necessarily. But no, and she, I mean, she did have a night, like, they did a little line kick. She has nice, <laughs> nice extension on those legs. So maybe that's what won her. Anyway, made no sense. Um, I, I do really like... Cooper's reaction though which was he like stands up and takes a beat before clapping because he knows because he wants to be supportive and like oh that's cool this person that I'm in love with just won but at the same time that means you're now a target and he's he's aggressively like hard clapping yeah and it's like he's scared and fuck yeah I'm scared but I'm excited uh, Happy for oh, you. Uh, I don't know what to, I don't know who I wanted it to be. All well, like it's all because even if it was somebody he didn't know or care about, he still per is se, I don't want to target on this person's back. So I there's a moment of like shit. They yeah. announced it. This is real. Um, can I make an observation that if Cooper was actually a good cop? He would have canceled the mystery. Canceled the mystery peaks, but yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So we know the winner is going to be in mortal danger. I guess we should just be there in the audience when they announce the winner and hope everything goes okay. The only thing I will say is that when he figured out that that was the target, which also is a little bit loose. Sure, I we figured out because of his mumblings about a king and the queen. What's funny is that his his leap is. Queen. Ooh, the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. Not Queen. This guy who's been playing chess with us for weeks. Well, and also nobody call it, it's not the Queen of Twin Peaks. It's Miss Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like you don't call Miss America the Queen of America. <laughs> right. It, it's a different it's, thing. It's because well, what does he say? What is uh does it say in there? What does Briggs say? He says the Queen something about the Queen, like the mm, I don't think I have the quote oh. in here. Oh. Anyway. Um, and so that's how they start thinking about the queen, but that they make this leap to the queen being the Miss Twin Peaks pageant winner and not the queen 
is you've been playing chess with right. the psychopath for right. a while. That's the queen they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't... It just makes the whole queen metaphor even more convoluted because he's got the playing card queens, he's got the chessboard queens, and now yeah. it's Miss Twin Peaks. Like, yeah. it's all It got elite. muddled. Yeah, so... I don't know that he would have had the grounds to really cancel the pageant. Sure. Because by the time he even figured that out, it was well, pretty like, late. Get backstage. Yeah, it's or not just like hanging. Like he's just hanging, hanging out, out the at audience. the bar. And even after like boom, they cut the lights. Mm-hmm. He just kind of stands there going, uh, which is unlike not him. like he always charge the stage and grab Annie. Right. Like it's it's bizarre. So Earl turns out the lights, turns on a strobe, all while activating smoke bombs. So it's really chaotic. I don't like strobe effects when they're this long. I find them very unsettling yeah. to watch, I mean, which I know they're supposed the to, idea, but like but yeah. dizzy, unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, the lights are turned back on. Um, Andy finally finds Cooper. Cooper realizes that Annie's gone, um, and Andy tells. Oh, I hope Annie and Andy don't sound too much alike. Annie has been kidnapped. Andy finds Cooper and tells him that the petroglyph is a map. So boom, it's... boom, boom. The same cliffhanger as last week. <laughs> like, for real, it's it's Windermere all freaking out that the cl- that the map is a... The, yeah. the petroglyph is a map. And now Andy says the same thing, which... Which is a revelation for him, but yeah, not for... Yeah, but that's not a cliffhanger. Right. Like, I feel like this episode should have ended... In the chaos. Yeah, I agree. We, and then come back next week, we find out the dust who got away, who, who got caught, who got captured, anybody get hurt. Find out all that stuff. That's where it should have ended. Not on the same line of, almost verbatim the same line right. of dialogue as we ended on last week. It makes you realize a couple of things about the mythology of when and where and the Black Lodge and stuff are cleared up. But overall, if you took this episode out, mm-hmm. you lose nothing. Yeah, nothing. There's almost nothing in this episode that is like, well, this is important and you need this. Yeah. yeah. Very little in this episode is that. This is really just like the whole episode is basically filler from last week's, which is a good episode, mm-hmm. to the finale. Yeah. And it's been since... 2017, I guess, so three, almost four years since I've seen the finale last. But yeah, we watched it right before the yeah the release of yeah Leslie <laughs> couldn't get through it before oh, the release. Um, but anyway, I I don't remember. Uh, I I'm gonna I'll, I'll actually save my comments for for next week or next time we record because okay. I, I, I don't remember very well like what is revealed in the final episode. Like I know the wide strokes of what happened, but anyway, um, I guess that's. I'm curious to know what you're thinking though, off mic. Oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> say something to you. Um, we'll see. I'm very coy. Suckers. Um, you don't get to hear it. I'm gonna secretly <laughs> record it, put it in later in a bonus podcast. Um, okay, so that's the end of that episode. Next week we're gonna have a special guest to join us oh, for yeah. the finale. Who's... Oh, and sorry for some. We've had some. Yeah. Issues with, for whatever reason, we're uploading them and it only, it says it's the full length and then it drops out. That's happened a couple of times. The audio isn't getting mixed the way it's supposed to and sometimes. So I, 
Yeah, the audio, else. I had been releasing it in stereo, but I guess that's not good for everybody. So I'm going back to mono in this one. Um, but yeah, I know. like, But like I, isolated stereo is the part. It can still be stereo, but right. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm not sure why that happens, but basically I, I do all my editing on, um, I don't know, what is this that I use? Audacity. And then I have to upload that onto Podbean and then that upload. So there's like a lot of points of... But don't worry, everyone. It's free, so... Yeah, and we get your emails and texts. <laughs> but thank you for that, and, yeah. And thank DMs you for telling us. and et cetera. Um, okay, so that is that. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people, hosted by Michael Greif and me, Jessica Blumke Greif. Our podcast logo is by Foraker Creative. You can follow them at Foraker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>